All right, we'll just get into it. Oh, wait, do you have any questions for me, or can we just start talking about the, the classic satanic panic? Let's go. Yo, welcome to My Summer Lair. I'm your host, Sammy. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> Yunan. Classic Simpsons. For this episode... Prepare to enter the disturbing and captivating world of Satanism. That's right, as any child of the 80s can confirm, Satanists walk among us, craving your children for sacrifices, breedings, and baby wax for candles. Yeah, baby wax. That's one of the eyebrow-lifting explanations offered in Satan Wants You, a documentary about the origins of the Satanic Panic from the 80s, until today, sadly and really. Sean Horler and Stephen J. Adams, the duo directors behind the highly anticipated documentary Trace, Satanic Panic Ground Zero to Victoria, British Columbia, and a book Michelle Remembers published on November 1st, 1980. What Michelle remembers is ritual satanic abuse. Oh, the horror! She visits her psychiatrist who helps her to uncover repressed memories. With her psychiatrist, Michelle remembers more than 600 hours using hypnosis to help her recover memories. This is in air quotes. Of satanic ritual abuse that occurred when she was five years old in 1954 and 1955 at the hands of her mother and others. All of whom, Michelle said, were members of the satanic cult. More air quotes. In Victoria, B.C. Oh, and the baby wax is the neat explanation of why you can't find any of the missing children. Satan Wants You offers a type of candid conversations with rational experts that we didn't have in the 80s or even 90s. Insights flow from a Wiccan police detective, an FBI agent from Mindhunter. Yes, the same department as the Fincher TV show. A memory expert offers her analysis and even somebody from the misunderstood world of the Church of Satan speaks. The filmmakers delve deep into the quirky beliefs, practices, and often many, many misconceptions surrounding this relentless moral panic, which sadly is not past tense. Satanic panics are not something we used to do, like renting videos from Blockbuster. QAnon and the recent Pizzagate are moral panics once again rooted in the ritual sacrifice and harm of children. And once again, there's no evidence for any of it. Satan Wants You is more than just a documentary about Satanists consuming our children. It is a fascinating exploration of human nature, spirituality, and the complex interplay between religion and society. With Sean and Steve at the helm, this documentary challenges preconceptions, especially about memory. It exposes the roots of a moral panic that has been used to harm and destroy so many lives, often needlessly, and leaves you with a frustrated understanding of the human experience. We should protect children, but the thing is, if you look under their bed and you look in their closets and there are no monsters, then maybe there really are no monsters. Here's my fun interview with the directors of Satan Wants You, a conversation with Sean and Steve that ranges from Jaws to 80s perms to the terrifying fears of the past, which still sculpt the present. Sound, the final frontier. My summer lair is an enterprise. A pop culture voyage with a continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new creators and celebrate established producers. 
to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now here is your host, Sammy Yunan. All right. I want you to introduce yourself to the audience so they can hear your voices. Um, uh, since you're both based in Vancouver, tell me your favorite food. It can be a particular restaurant or uh, maybe a type of food like pizza. Whatever it is, it's up to you. So just share your name and your favorite food. Hi, my name is Steve Adams. I'm a director of St. Wansu, and my favorite food is Italian, and I also really love pizza. Okay, there we go. We're off to a good start. Uh, hi, my name is Sean uh, Horler. I'm also, Steve and I directed this together. My favorite food uh, right now is lasagna. So I guess we, Steve and I have some stuff in common. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Too much time to go. <laughs> yeah. Once we wrap this up, we can all go out for Italian. So um, in your latest documentary, as you guys mentioned already, Satan Wants You, I was surprised to learn that like you identified Victoria, B.C. as like satanic panic ground zero. Like, I'm not sure where I expected it to come from, but certainly not Victoria, uh, British Columbia. So can you just paint a picture of Victoria so people have never been there get a sense of this Canadian city? Yeah, um, I grew up in Victoria, so this is a childhood story for me. Victoria is a sleepy little city on the Pacific coast of Canada on an island called Vancouver Islands. What's, what's, its, what's its slogan? Newly wed or nearly dead? Newly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wed? Nearly dead. That's who lives okay. there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like really British, and it's it has that sort of old colonial... Mm. Uh, vibe that they're slowly shaking off and it's now it's sort of like um a little similar to california so lots of like free spirits and artists and it's it's a cool little city with a bad reputation with a bad reputation yeah so was that that local aspect that you talked about because you've written about it in your Substack uh newsletter uh growing up in satan's backyard was that what drew you guys to this story of the the satanic panic from back in the 80s and the 90s yeah, I mean, when I I grew up after the book was published, after Michelle Remembers was published, and this like this was everywhere in Victoria. And a really weird thing for me, my auntie Cindy, she trained under Larry uh, when she was completing her nurse, nursing degree. So this mm-hmm. is like layers upon layers for me. Uh, and then when we started making this film, you know, I had understood that they were part of the Satanic Panic. And that it had spread everywhere, but I had no idea that it ended up affecting like millions and millions and millions of people across the world. As you mentioned, the book that started this is Michelle Remembers. It's this woman who starts remembering that she had some sort of like ritualistic, satanic type of abuse. And whether these memories are repressed or whether they're fictional or whatever they may be. But I want to ask like related to that is like remembering a skill, as you said, like this is part of your childhood and this is how it was. Like, can you be good at remembering the way you're good at basketball? (laughs) (laughs) I think um, Elizabeth Loftus uh, says she's in the the film. She uh, is a memory scientist. She says that your memories are are super unreliable. Um, A lot of people think that they're like a hard drive. Like you you put the, the memory on the hard drive and that it remains there forever. And when you need to recall it, you just look for it on the hard drive and it comes back and and memory doesn't work like that. We're influenced by so many different things. um, And memory is is malleable. It's not, she she compares it to actually Wikipedia, right? So anyone Mm -hmm. can change it, which I thought was a really contemporary metaphor for how memory works. And the sort of her rule of thumb is 
can other people uh, support your story? Are there photos? Are there videos? Are there articles? Th- those are the sort of things that you need to like, and take all your memories with a grain of salt. Yeah. And it's also her other takeaway. Yeah. Let's just say. <laughs> yeah. But that lack of skepticism is interesting because there was a noticeable gap throughout your documentary. So you would have your classic six o'clock news or your America daytime TV shows. And they would be like, look at this, Satanists are all among us and they're kidnapping your children. And it's all this like, no, like, no questioning of anything, no skepticism. And then you would have these like law enforcement individuals. There was the FBI Mindhunter guy. There was a Wiccan police detective, uh, a Wiccan police detective. We got to talk about that for a second. But anyways, but like the the law people were like kind of approaching all this with like skepticism. Like the, these stats don't add up. These stories are not adding up. What was your theory on like why there was like a lack of skepticism? Because this went viral. I mean, you have to look at it from the perspective of Michelle Remembers, which is sort of the heart of this film. This book, and this is, speaks to the 80s and that time period. She had these memories. Her psychiatrist took these memories as actual, they were real. So this was mm-hmm. evidence that this was happening. And for him to actually put his doctor stamp on it and say, this is real. You need to be looking for these signs in your communities and go speak at all the psychiatric conferences that law enforcement would attend. And then it sort of spread from there. I mean, those police officers were using Michelle Remembers as a checklist, right? So looking at what happened to Michelle and saying, check, 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 check. This is what, you know, this person in Seattle or New Jersey is saying has happened. And they they meet this list. Mm-hmm. And so there's no physical proof, but the book itself is the proof. So we're going to prosecute this person in New Jersey. We're going to prosecute these people in California, take them to trial, convict them and send them to prison for things that were imagined. You know, it's like a, this period of his- history is just crazy. Yeah, lack of evidence is evidence, which is a weird, like, I never clued in, like, I just thought it was just alarmist, but lack of evidence was evidence. It's kind of like UFO sightings, right? There's something out there. (laughs) (laughs) And so how did you get hooked up with the the Wiccan police detective? We got to talk about that because that's a strange business card. (laughs) <laughs> it's a great business card yeah. uh charles one of the the i mean he he lives in the area um and he was a big investigator he was really involved in trying to debunk it on, on like a, a local level mm-hmm. for the Vancouver police department uh in vancouver canada so he was like he, i mean he was again in sort of ground zero for where these rumors all started and for him uh, he was the first person we reached out to, the first person who said yes, and he had kept all his police files. And then, of course, as soon as we called him, it's like no one has ever done a film about this story. And Charles knows this, and he spent a significant portion of his life working on this. He is a you know was the first out Wiccan police officer in North America who was going around and speaking to other police departments about religious freedom and what it means to be a witch. And you mm-hmm. know we're not are not Satanists and these Satanists that you think you're chasing don't even exist. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, makes sense that he wanted to be in the film and actually tell his side of the story, you know? Mm-hmm. He had that logical, like rational line, which is like, there was at one point where people were believing like 2 million kids were getting abducted and consumed and like barbecued basically for Satan. <laughs> and he was saying there's just over like 3 million kids being born like (laughs) every year or whatever there was. Right. So like you couldn't have 2 million of those 3 million kids just disappearing. Like we just lost over a million people uh, for COVID like in the States, for example. Right. And so 
you logically felt it. Like you felt those absences and those gaps. And that was just a million people. So two million kids disappearing was almost absurd. But it, again, it's what, what you guys were saying about like that lack of skepticism. Mm. Well, I mean, there, there's like two million kids, but then there's like zero evidence. But then they they all make up what the how like this evidence could disappear, right? And that's like mm. what, they're talking about crematoriums. They're talking about like eating the babies. They're talking about turning them into baby wax. Like it, it, they just make up everything to try and like propel this belief forward. For example, and Michelle remembers one of the things she remembered is that she has an explanation of why she has no scars. So she would be suffering all this ritual abuse. And you, you want to explain why she has no scars? <laughs> she has no scars because the virgin mother, Mary, mm-hmm. comes down and heals her miraculously. It's a, it's a, a wild, wild thing. But the, the, the thing that's like even crazier about that is that they brought that book and they, like that passage, they, they brought that to the Pope. And the Vatican endorsed it uh, all the way down through like the, the bishop and then the, the priest that was helping them. And so this was like backed up by the, the Catholic Church. And that's again, too, like, I think that's where the lack of skepticism sometimes comes from, because it's like, well, if the church vetted it, and as you mentioned, like, there's a doctor attaching out to it, they're like, all right, maybe there is something to this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that, it, makes, yeah. it makes people uncomfortable. It 100% does. And then like when they brought that book to the publisher, uh, I think they were looking at it as something that could be like a, a next bestseller. So there's there's other influence. There's, there's, there's a money in factor factor that's like kind of tied into it, too. So it, it has like so many different layers to it where all of a sudden the media is talking about it and people are like, OK, so this has to be true. We we didn't get to include this in the film, but their publisher was actually the editor of Jaws. So the, the book form of Jaws before it turned into the big blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the background that he took into working with Michelle and Larry as their publisher, which we thought was like, huh. Mm-hmm. And sharks are real and sharks do attack people. Right? So- <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it is plausible then. <laughs> And you got an anonymous source who sent you a tape, which is also part of what sparked this documentary, Satan Wants You. Mm-hmm. I mean, the funny thing with these this, these therapy tapes, I mean, the book itself, right, is two years of therapy sessions that they recorded. Uh, there's actually whole passages of the book where they've just lifted sections of transcripts and just plopped them into Michelle Remembers. So it was like an interesting search for us. It was a really long, we had hoped that we could find one of these tapes. They had a group of transcribers that they hired, Michelle and Larry, to actually transcribe them. So there's lots of these tapes around. And it was just sort of the question if we could. There's lots of them, but they're really difficult to find, like near impossible. And there's, uh, you know, at one point, four different investigative teams who were looking into the story and trying to prove if what happened to Michelle was real or not in the 80s. And uh this is the first time that people are going to be able to hear one of the therapy tapes that the book, you know, yeah. this content appears in the book, but it's the first time you're going to hear them talking. It was really weird when we got the tape. Uh, we started listening to it and we could actually hear like passages in the book that were like word for word on this tape. And it was the weirdest thing. We were like, oh, my God, you can actually hear it now. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can hear her wailing and kind of like. She's obviously in some sort of distress. She's in some sort of pain. So, and that also is like a a strange aspect of this whole thing too, as well, because it's like, 
she doesn't necessarily quote unquote seem like a good actor, right? Like we've seen a lot of movies where like you know an actor's like I'm a scientist or I'm a, I'm an astronaut. I'm like no, you're not. Like <laughs> you clearly can't pull this off, right? But she seemed like she, for, at least at that time, like she really truly believed those experiences. Yeah, I mean that archive footage that we also found that was a really big find for us that to tell the truth game show from 1980 where where this game show was built around uh somebody with a story and then two people who were pretending to be them to come on as a panel and then celebrities had to pick who was telling the truth or not. I mean that for us like yeah, we knew so much about this film at that stage and then to have that game like they're on a game show called to yeah. tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the psychiatrist does like I think it's a little bit of inappropriate touching too, a little bit too at the game show. The way he kind of puts his hands on Michelle's shoulders, like that seems to cross a little bit of boundary as well. So you're like, "Yo, what's going on here?" Right? Like, there's yeah. more truth to tell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we tried to find it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I want to pick up with your guys' career. Satan wants you seems to kind of fit into what you do because. Both of you belong to the LGBTQ plus community. And uh, through that lens, your documentary work highlights a lot of misunderstandings. Are there any consistent elements in how communication breaks down? Because I found like, you know, like gay panics kind of mirror some of the satanic panics and like what you people are doing are weird or we don't understand you people kind of mm-hmm. fear, those kind of panics. Like, are there any consistent elements? Have you noticed how communication breaks down? Yes. Funny with this film, I mean, that you bring this up, it didn't actually end up in Satan Wants You, but through our research, I mean, in the mid-80s and early 80s, when a lot of these satanic rumors were starting to go around in different communities across the U.S. and Canada, the people that they often target targeted were queer people. And you can see one of the cases that we highlight in the in the film. Kelly Michaels. Kelly Michaels was a, a queer woman. And this mm-hmm. is, uh, people use these rumors to demonize people who are different. And this is like, in, again, it's like no surprise that they targeted queer, queer people, single women, single mothers, mm-hmm. gay care operators who are looking after their kids and they feel threatened. But like, it's just. It, it, and then it plays over and over again. Uh, like a recent example is like Sam Smith at the Grammys and dressed in red. And they think it's a very satanic performance, but people just like they eat this shit up. Right. And they, mm-hmm. they, they just want to blame their differences on something and the easiest thing to do is to blame it on Satan. There you go. This, what you mentioned too, like Sam Smith at the Grammys, for example, this is not like a um, like a past tense kind of thing where like this is something we just did in the 80s or 90s or whatever, like Michelle Smith's hair. that She had that weird perm too throughout much of the movie. It was kind of distracting. But <laughs> Satanic perm. Satanic perm. Satanic <laughs> perm, yeah. R- ritual hairdressing abuse. But anyways, yeah, so... <laughs> this isn't like a kiss where like knights in satan's armor or whatever like knights in satan's service kind of thing that you actually are able to kind of connect like michelle remembers all the way to president trump what's that link so uh, this is the thing um these types of rumors and these types of conspiracies happened 40 years ago um they're happening today again and and they're probably going to happen in the future 
Um, it, when we were showing this film, when we were doing testing, uh, and we were showing people younger than us and, and they were watching the film, they were like flabbergasted. They had no idea that this had happened before and just how wild it was like to see Oprah just like talking about Satan. They were like, wow, because everybody thinks like, so like Oprah's uh, an angel now. Right. So, yes. <laughs> so like seeing how this is, uh, like just seeing how this like keeps on coming back over and over and over again is so fascinating. And I mean, for us, we started working on this right when QAnon and Pizzagate were happening, like immediately after Pizzagate, when QAnon and all the conspiracies were dropping and, and Trump was in and we were just like, oh, wow. You know, like instantly, it's like you can see exactly it's the same thing 40 years ago, the same things happening and unfolding again, the same rumors of people stealing babies and sacrificing them now in, in the bottom of a pizzeria in Washington. You're just like... Ah, what do we do <laughs> babies are always in danger so where can uh people find more information about the the documentary i know it's playing right now at south by southwest which is great congratulations guys on getting the film uh into that festival that's amazing where can people find more information about upcoming screenings possibly uh when it ends up on tv or anything like that where can people find more information yeah, uh, we have a, you can check out the website, satanwantsyoufilm.com. Uh, we also have an Instagram account where we're sharing all the, you know, some behind the scenes stuff, future screenings, uh, some clips that we found that maybe didn't make it into the film. It's a fun Instagram account, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like, we'll have some, some about more screenings coming soon. Yeah, and Sean, your Substack too is fantastic too. A lot of like behind the scenes kind of like personal stories as well. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I wanted, I, you know, there's so much that you never makes it onto the screen when you make a film, right? All these stories mm -hmm. like for hours and then you only see them for like maybe five minutes in the film. So I'm going to keep on writing on Substack over the next few months while the film's doing its festival circuit and share some stories. And, uh, you know, if you want to read the Substack and ask me to write about something, I'm game. Well, where are you going to send them? Oh, to it's called ghostfromthepast.com. It's ghost from the past is the Substack. And <laughs> come say hi. There we go. Thank you, gentlemen, for like hanging out and uh, for taking me back to the 80s and 90s. And like, congratulations on getting into South by Southwest. That's really good. Yeah, thanks, thanks for so watching. Much. Yeah, and thanks for having us on. Yo, that was Sean Horler and Stephen J. Adams, the duo directors of Satan Wants You, a documentary about the satanic panic from the 80s. I'm your host, Sammy. In this interview, Sean and Steve and I discussed the magic number of 2 million. The belief is 2 million kids have been abducted in the name of Satan. This was the erroneous and often repeated belief back then, like the fools who believe in razor blades and Halloween candy. No child has ever died from Halloween candy. In the pre-Google era, the rational number showed up a number of times, 2 million missing kids. The disturbing shift to the present, and Satan wants you references it, is that with QAnon and similar conspiracy theories such as Pizzagate, there's also the New World Order, which is, we don't live in a democracy, rather we are sheep who are manipulated by an occult elite. I think that's how that theory goes. I don't want to Google it and <laughs> mess up my algorithm, so let's go with that. 
When you see protests similar to January 6th, you will notice signs and t-shirts with an emphasis on saving the children. Save the children is a popular hashtag and a popular rallying cry for a popular movement. And on the surface, it sounds super comforting and great, right? Like, save the children. I'd like to hope that protecting children is a universal belief. Unfortunately, that mystical number of 2 million missing kids from the past has now been reduced to 800,000. 800,000 children disappear every year. That's the new conspiracy number. First, that's not even true. Just logically take five seconds to reject it. Second, according to QAnon beliefs, the 800,000 are being abducted by Satanists or the rich elite for rejuvenating purposes. This is what has sparked Save the Children. You thought Save the Children was about keeping them safe from violent video games and rap music and sarcastic podcasts like this one. So yeah, the magic number now is 800,000. And beware is apparent when you see Save the Children online. It's still wrong. It's still not grounded or based in any sort of reality, but at least it's better than, I guess, 2 million missing kids. Ultimately, Satan wants you reaffirms a core societal belief. Bad ideas stick around forever. We're still dealing with Flat Earth and Daylight Saving Time and the National Anthem before NBA games, which is in a league where there's 120 international players. That's so many more bad ideas. We're still dealing with satanic panics, and we're still using those moral panics to lash out and harm lives and destroy families. Bad ideas are devils that are hard to cast out. My hope is that we, the royal we, slowly loosen our grips on fears and instead open our arms to embrace freedom. For ourselves, freedom for the ones we love, and eventually even maybe perhaps sort of kind of freedom for strangers. If only because freedom is way more fun. Don't let the F-U-N and fundamentalism fool you. Sean mentioned his Substack newsletter. I have one too. My pal Sammy is also on Substack. Here's a PSA on that. If you enjoyed this conversation, some good news. My pal Sammy newsletter. Let us extend the conversation. And I know you think of email and you think of negative connotations. You think of work. You think of that sweet senior citizen in your life who keeps forwarding those weird chain letters things so that they welcome good luck. All of that is true. All of that is email. That's because for those people and those emails the E in email stands for electronic mail. So what if? What if the E stood for experience? What if it stood for event? What if it stood for excellence? Wouldn't that be exciting? Email doesn't have to be email. Does that make sense? Go to mysummerlair.com slash subscribe to sign up for the weekly pop culture My Pal Sammy newsletter. You will be elated you did. Thank you for listening to me in a Netflix world. 80s, yo.